This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. You're listening to Sport On, your weekly fix of everything sporty. With me, Sachin. Me, Declan. And me, Eden. Let's play ball! Whistle! Gothenburg, good evening. It's Friday, 5pm, and you are listening to Sport On on K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. And it's time for your weekly fix of everything sporty with myself, Eden, but also... Sachin. And also... Declan. How is it going, guys? It's going very well. Yeah, it's that got that Friday feeling. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the weather's not quite with us, but... Uh, I'm trying to bring that sunny atmosphere anyway. <laughs> nice to have Declan back in the studio, isn't it? Oh, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been quite a long time, hasn't it? It's been like a, hard I don't know, good, good, good old month. Down. A good old month. But uh, I do understand Like you had a well-deserved summer break so far. And uh, we're very happy that you've been taking care of your crops and also like for a few few bike rides and stuff like that to the shore. But and it's very good to have you back, though. And some shady business meeting on midsummer. Exactly, some very shady business meetings on midsummer <laughs> day. Awesome. And so what we're going to do today, uh, guys, we're going to talk about uh, sim racing. So I don't know if you're aware of that, like during the corona outbreak, motorsports competitions have been cancelled and postponed to further notice. And there's a massive boom in sim racing that has massively like gained a lot of popularity, with the likes of like Lando Norris or even Max Verstappen taking part into races. And to understand this new phenomenon that is sim racing, we decided to invite Georgi Nedev, who is one of Sweden's finest sim racer, but he also is the founder of Go Team Racing. How's it going, Georgi? Uh, thanks. It's going fine. I'm very excited for this coming hour and uh, tell you a bit more about our hobby and sport. Exactly. So, um, like, the three of us are quite, in a way, unfamiliar with what is sim racing, and you've been doing that for a very long time. So we'll tell you will tell us a lot more about it, and I think Sachin and Declan are both quite looking forward to it as well. Am I right, guys? Oh, yeah. I'm really excited to, to learn all about it. I, it's like a, it's something I had no idea existed up, up until couple of days ago and now i'm you know obviously it's super interesting so uh i'm excited to learn more likewise yeah should be fun have you have you been around that kind of that kind of sport sim racing before that because i have no. not i have no. not i've no. not practiced it and i think i've not watched any competition either so no. needless to say i think we are the three of us very exciting for that if you enjoy Sport On, you can listen uh, to like the last podcast we've been releasing this week. The last one is a uh, cricket podcast we had with Sid, who used to play cricket back in India. So if you can't get enough of us, I highly recommend you to go and listen to that. Man, it's been so long since I fucking watched football that I've forgotten how to fucking even complain. Yo, Guy, before we really get into sim racing, can we get to know a bit of yourself? Where are you from? What sort of other sports are you really into apart from, you know, sim racing? Sure. Uh, my name is Georgi and I'm a, a bridge engineer. Uh, that's my full-time job. And uh, my second full-time job is running Go Team Racing. <laughs> um, I've been living in Gothenburg for 10 years. Um, father of two kids and, um, um, yeah, generally enjoying life. Um, in the past, I have been 
I devoted uh, five years, five, six years to volleyball, playing competitively here in in Gothenburg region. Uh, before I got an injury and had to had to stop, uh, and then I found sim racing and decided that I can do it competitively and I continue to get a bit of adrenaline. <laughs> Does that mean you've always been like a a fan of motorsport? Of whatever, whatever form. Yes, I remember myself when I was five, six years old, and I was watching at my grandmother's, and and on the TV I was cheering for Prost. He was very uh, in the early nineties, guys, nice. uh, and uh, he had a Camo trophy car. It was a Camo, and I and there was this guy that I was re- I really hated. He was driving. Uh, he was called Schumacher, and he was a new boy in town, <laughs> and I really didn't like him back then. Uh, <laughs> And then in the end of the 90s, I started following um, um, more seriously Formula One and then was a Schumacher fan. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I've been following it since since then and quite interested into in motorsports and the sports. I always wanted to drive myself or be involved in some way or another. And so what about sim racing then? It's been a, been a long time you've been into, into the meld. Um, well... It might not sound sound so much. I've been doing it for uh, like five six years, but competitively sim racing for three and a half maybe. And it it feels like it happens so much happens that three years feels like uh, a ten years. But <laughs> it's a life lifetime. Uh, we had a great uh, fun with the guys and an incredible journey we had um, since we started the team. Um, I started actually with GT Academy. There's a thing that Nissan had. Uh, Wow. 10 years ago mm-hmm. uh, on PlayStation and they were like okay the fastest guys are invited to this boot camp and the one that wins gets to drive a full year in a, in a real racing car for them Wow! and this is what get me okay I really want to this uh, this is my dream I really want to do this so I started doing it in PlayStation and then uh, switched back to, P- to PC uh, three years ago mm-hmm. when we started the team and uh, have been doing it since then I, and I cannot get enough of it <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it yeah so did you um did you start with kind of like more like arcadey kind of racing games and then move over to the simulation ones when you found that they you were more interested in like the the kind of everything around the the thing apart from racing itself or was it were you always into like the super realistic kind of simulation racing uh, games um well, the first game that I was played, I think, as as a kid, was Need for Speed 2, and was really arcade, mm. and I loved it and played it as much as I could. Mm. Then, uh, when I grew up, I lost a bit of interest. Maybe the other things came into my in the way. Mm. Uh, and then, uh, like ten years ago, I bought a Wii, U, my first Wii, U, which mm. is like was a bit. And then I bought a, a console and uh, started Gran Turismo. Oh, okay. So it's quite arcade. Mm. Um, but then I met um, a friend called Oliver, and he he actually introduced me to air racing and air factor, and I didn't know about sim racing back then that these things exist. Uh, so then I said, of course, I mean one, I want full realism, and um, um, yeah, I was very excited. So since then I'm, I have never looked back. I cannot think myself going back to uh, non-sim racing, non-sim or more sim kid, yes. What a point, what a rally between the two players.
how how could you define sim racing? What what kind of separates sim racing from other kinds of uh, forms of uh, racing? Yeah, well, I will give my best at least yeah. to, to try <laughs> and explain to your audience. Uh, if if we start from the bigger picture, we have uh, gaming, mm. and then from gaming, it's it's a huge business nowadays. Then we have racing games, and then it's cars included, and people are racing to get first over the finish line. And then we, when we go even zoom in even more, then we have uh, sim racing, which is maybe the niche or the, the most challenging and realistic thing out there. Uh, basically, sim racing is what it means, simulation racing. So um, the software has really gone a lot, developed through the years, and uh, um, a lot of things are simulated like in real life with extremely complicated tire models like in real life we have um we have dynamic track and weather even that is synced with the real life um, forecast for example wow. last nice. week uh, let's say we're racing at le mans and we've been preparing but the weather is changing all the time so the server is updated wow. and you you practice in the dry but then the forecast changes and then comes the rain and and <laughs> it's just like in real life so uh then you have drying track conditions, you have uh, damage, you have flat spots in some simulators. So if you go on the brakes and lock the brakes or you spin, then the, your tires are ruined. You need to go and change them. So yeah, it's basically trying to simulate as much as possible real life with the given computa computational abilities that the computers and the servers have nowadays. And they have been growing, mm. of course, over the years. So. Uh, yeah, that's amazing. I think uh, you were about to say something, Declan. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering what kind of uh, like. So you mentioned that you you had like a, a steering wheel. What kind of other equipment you have? And I'm assuming that you've got like a pretty powerful gaming PC as well, with a quite a, quite a lot of money gone into that to to be able to simulate everything. And yeah. Well, you are both uh, right and wrong. Uh, okay. Because uh, the first question about my sim rig, like the the hardware, the pedals, mm. I have like the very b entry level basic. Okay. Logitech um, and um, uh, you can go quite far with them mm. um, about the PC yes it's uh, it's powerful enough because I have chosen to run in VR mm. which is awesome doing racing and motorsport games if you haven't tried it go uh, call a friend that hasn't tried it's very immersive it's completely different level so you're really into the in the car and you so you're wearing like a VR headset. Yeah, I'm driving all the time in VR. That's so cool. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds mad. That's fabulous. But so that's the the only equipment you you have. Like you've got that steering wheel. You've got the the pedals for the brakes and stuff like that. You've got VR hel like helmets. Can we call it? Like yeah, that? it's a VR then you've set. Yeah. You've got a PC, and you don't have like anything, anything else. You don't need other other equipment to make it a bit more realistic. Um. Well. I have personally done it quite easy and in budget in a way because I have a gaming chair and surprise surprise my sofa at home is very so it's it's working like a backrest so when I press <laughs> the brake I don't go backwards <laughs> <laughs> it's like super lame but it's working yeah uh, most of the other guys have uh, my teammates and other people they have full sim rigs from aluminium or wow. even I uh, have a teammate Alejandro he's doing it himself like or other guys like so really? yeah so you <laughs> People do it and you just have something sturdy to put the things on because mm. now the hardware is so developed. You have these super strong wheels that are basically electromotors. They can break your hands. 
Wow. Yeah, so it got feedback, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You need to drive it for feedback. Mm. Um, that's a must. Okay. But these are super powerful, so you, you can break your hand. So it it has to be in sturdy. Right. Okay. Right. It's way yeah. more way more physical than what I was expecting by a country mile. Yeah, I, I can bet a lot of people sweat a lot actually after <laughs> <Okay>. two hours. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it. But um, yeah, I've done a bit of research and we've been exchanging a bit this week, uh, Georgi. And you you mentioned about like I racing and R factor two. What are the difference between those two? I assume it's like, is that like two different kind of software or just like two different platforms you yes, play on? Yes, um, these are the two most known uh, sim racing platforms. Um, iRacing uh, is um, a US company. It's the biggest player on the market in terms of uh, amount of people. I think they have like two, three hundred maybe, I don't know, subscribers. It's a subscri subscription based. <coughs> and um, yeah, you basically buy a subscription in each car and track. Uh, Air Factor 2 is actually developed from uh, uh, Air Factor 2 Pro, which it's a European company and they have. Um, um, it started from helping real racing teams. There's a version of Pro, so Formula One teams use it. Mm -hmm. And they ha what have they have done is they have basically just scaled it down and made it a bit packaged so it could be used by normal people as a mm -hmm. game. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call it a game because it's 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 a software that is not really, let's say, user friendly in many ways. Mm -hmm. But it has a lot of other um, positives. So these are the two most uh, common ones. Fantastic. Um, so when you were just talking a bit before about how they're trying to simulate uh, and sort of replicate what it is like in real life, you know, versus how it's in a virtual world. Um, what do you think is like something that's not actually real life? Like what are the sort of differences? Wh where do you think, you know, they could get a bit more real? Where do you think could it be like, you know, some air blowing in mm -hmm. to give you the feel of, you know, driving or... <laughs> Well, what you can do actually is uh, to buy a motion rig. Okay. Imagine your chair connected to mm. some hydraulic dampers and oh, systems okay. that are very fast that are moving around. Yeah. They start from maybe 3,000, 30,000 Swedish kroner or something. 30,000. That's the cheapest thing, <laughs> and that's only the system. The cheapest one. Wow. Wow. And they are super expensive, but they really give you like the movement and more information. As a racing driver, you want to have as much information as possible. Yeah. As possible. So these movements give you this extra information that we sim racers lack because we don't have the g-forces when we sit at home. Mm, true, true, true. We don't yeah. have that. Yeah. We have a lot of information. We rely on our vision yeah. a lot more than real racing drivers and on our head hands for the force feedback. True. Um, also, like in a race or competition, uh, apart from the driver, who else is involved in a in like a race? Well, it depends on the race. If we talk sprint racing or endurance racing, I'll choose to talk about endurance racing, which is more a team activity. So, for example, last month we did two 24-hour demand races <laughs> okay. in uh, two weeks. And then we are talking five drivers mm -hmm. that are preparing like one month before that, set up in the car, getting used to it, um, to different conditions, traffic, uh, double, triple stinting the tires. Mm -hmm. And then we have uh, our engineers. We have two engineers that are sometimes helping out with uh, uh, s some questions that are related. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say that the average sim racer is still quite good mm -hmm. in um, tuning the car, but uh, we have our expert engineers that are supporting us. How, how does that exactly work? Because you said like, it takes you a month to prepare, well, mm -hmm. a couple of weeks or a month yeah. to, to prepare a car. 
And you do have engineers. Like, do you have to prepare the car like in the software, and then you add up like different compounds, depending on what type of race, what type of weather you have? Can you imagine? Yes, exactly. So obviously, uh, depends on the tire strategy, the track, the length of the race. I mean, 24-hour race is the, the the hardest thing, so it takes a lot of time to prepare. Usually, you are used to the car, and maybe you have a baseline setup that you have developed over the season, so you need just to tweak it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I say engineers, then we say uh, we have our engineering team that has prepared um, uh, some our own uh, what's this, workspaces in Motec, which is very known program for studying telemetry in real racing as well so we're using exactly the same software as real racing teams mm-hmm. are using to analyze data which our simulators are giving back S- wow. so everything is simulated in, in this way uh, so there are many aspects to prepare uh, of course uh, what um, i usually say is quite important it's not the car it's the, the car and driver package is very easy to focus only on the car, but uh, we try to work on the mental preparation to plan plan the stints, so people get as much as possible rest and away from the from the from the car from the computer. Oh, it's fascinating. I mean, you just you do the exact same job as like Mercedes or Ferrari, they do like for Formula One, for example. Mm. Oh, it's mental. I would have yeah, not thought about that. No. Yeah. So you literally, oh, um, yeah, I'm kind of mind blown. I thought it was just like, you know, when you do like, yeah. you know, car arcade game, you just pick up a car and everything yeah. comes at one. Are you like imagining like the ones that like Lissabelli, you know, the ones that you sit in and it's kind of yeah, like exactly, really no. like <laughs> 90s graphic. No, not those ones, but. <laughs> yeah, I think those are the ones he doesn't think to. No, no, length. but I found it fascinating because like you could be a very good driver, but if you've got like zero knowledge on how like to prepare your car and stuff like that, you're never going to go anywhere kind of. Well, I think you'll still do quite decently, but uh, you need organization around you if you want to be up there at the top. It's it's a team sport. I mean, that's kind of how I feel when I play like Forza, which is, you know, it's an arcade one, but it's got, it has like a little bit of like tuning and stuff that you can Mm. do. And when I look at it and you can change tire compounds and like the brakes and the gear shifting and stuff like that, it's just like way over my head. And it's kind of like, I think they're taking the dedication to like then learn that and then see the results then in the actual simulations just so it's really really impressive yeah you can really spend a lot of hours yeah. trying to dig and of course it's a simulation uh, it has its flaws as well and mm. I'm, like every game you know some let's say uh, cuts uh, here and there mm. some things are not modeled exactly mm. due to maybe computational yeah. uh, restrictions or just it's not done yet but um it's quite complex and uh, all the cars and everything comes like in real life more or less with the things you can adjust in real life as much as possible as authentic that is amazing um i yeah so yeah i do think i start to understand a bit more what sim racing is and how serious it is how serious it is and (laughs) it's fascinating it's uh way more diverse and specific than what i was was expecting he shoots he scores So how like competition are set up? Like, do you have to go to some places, or you do you do that like online through for LAN setups? How, how does it work, pretty much? Most of it is uh, done online, virtually. Um, you have either leagues that are run by people that are interested in that, and uh, that you have broadcasts, you have uh, uh, marshals, and and, uh, and so on. Um, then you have in you know, racing. It's you have you can jump in basically in races that are scheduled, 
so you don't know the people before you you jump in but they are usually at your level because there's a uh, i think called i rating so mm-hmm. it ranks you it's quite a good system um on air factor two it's it's only leaks so you know the people and um, yeah you apply and there are these leaks with schedules quite well organized usually mm-hmm. uh, with calendars um, different formats rules and everything regulations and the top of the cream is um, land competitions like big events um, I have mentioned too that we had last year in Gothenburg, uh, not in Sweden, sorry. Uh, first one was the first official Swedish sim racing championship last year in Helleftö. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, in Sundsvall it was. Uh, and under, under SM Veckan, mm. uh, where uh, the first uh, Swedish champion was crowned. Wow. Um, I was there and couldn't win this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was awesome. It was sent on national TV with the uh, commentators that are commentating Formula One. Wow. Very big profile thing. And then we had um, Porsche mm-hmm. Carrera Cup Scandinavia ar- uh, arranged last year in November. Super cool event in their uh, Porsche Dunderry Center. Super professional. Where was this? Uh, where? Yeah, where? In uh, their, uh, uh, yeah, where they're selling the cars in Dunderry. Dan- oh, that's okay. Danderit, Danderit, out okay. of Stockholm, and they had like uh, again top-notch commentators. Everything was sent mm-hmm. live on Viasat Motor, hundred thousand uh, kroner prize pot. Wow. wow. We we were twelve drivers, and we were treated like princes. We got like <laughs> everything covered. We, we uh, it was amazing. I really uh, wish um, people are doing sim racing that someday they will experience cool. such kind of things. So th- these are like one-off events that they don't happen every day yeah but you go there and you have uh, all the rigs everything set up yeah. on a podium like uh, the picture that's brilliant it was like being lewis hamilton for a day pretty much <laughs> yeah it was it was really special and no matter the result uh, it's an experience mm. that one will remember do sure. you think they might uh increase now because of obviously uh you know everyone more people have kind of been stuck at home during coronavirus and they've got maybe more people have actually gotten into sim racing so maybe now that once people can actually meet up again and do these things, do you think you might be able to be go going to more more events in the future, or are there, are there any plans for for this year or next year? I really hope so. Uh, there was a plan again in Sweden, but it was cancelled due mm. to the uh, situation. And I think the Swedish uh, Sports Forbundet, um, mm. the Swedish uh, national organization of motorsports, they mm. they are certainly continuing their work and. Uh, I think it will come more and more. Um, mm. I wouldn't say it will be the, the normal thing. No. Uh, but, um, yeah, these these events are definitely a thing that uh, is, is, is very nice, and I hope they will continue. Yeah, and how uh, big of an impact has Gothenburg had in this whole scene? Like, do you see a lot of popularity here compared to maybe Stockholm or in terms of Swedish cities, which do you think is sort of you know really into sim racing really hard to tell i think it's it's not uh, it's not that's the cool thing about uh, sim racing and esports that you mm-hmm. can be completely somewhere uh, in uh, Luleå or in kiruna and you you mm-hmm. can be the best in the world you don't mm-hmm. you don't have to be physically some mm-hmm. somewhere or there are another place okay so uh, i cannot answer that it's you have people from gothenburg from Sto- from stockholm um, so it's, it depends, really. It depends. And talking about, like, competition, the track, so you mentioned, like, you had the Le Mans um, 
24 hours, for instance, like, how accurate are the tracks? Is it, like, a reproduction exactly identical? More or less, yes. I mean, in nowadays, most of the tracks are laser scanned. So, mm. just like uh, they go out with this radar car and they, every millimeter, every bump, every mark, everything, every crack is scanned. Wow. And then the trees, the surroundings, everything is done. And then they, of course, the team that develops, they, I guess they need two months to yeah. optimize things and uh, put some colors and, and mm -hmm. uh, yeah, all that's needed. So they are pretty accurate um, most of the time and that's very cool, really. And the graphics are fantastic. Like I've watched um, highlights of that race, for instance. Mm. I'm not even joking. I don't know if you watch it, guys, but mm. it's, it's fabulous. Like the first few the first few minutes of that video, highlight video, it's during night time. And mm -hmm. at the beginning, I could not tell if it was real or not real. Wow. And then when it goes into daylight, you just realize that, okay, you can see that the borders of the, the yeah. track are not real, the cars and, and so on. Mm. And that was, I found that fascinating. I was like, hey, it's so accurate. And I also have seen that on some of your, your races, you actually got your, your name, your team of your, of, your, of your name on it. The name of your team on the, on the car on and the, the sponsors and stuff like that. Is that the same for every every single every single car? Is just a yeah. I will answer first the uh, the first question uh, about the realism, uh, or at least comment on that. Uh, um, the Sims the Sims are really not let's say that it's not focus how it looks. Mm. Uh, they have improved a lot. Both Air Factor Air Racing. There's Assetto Corsa Competizione, another one that's only on GT3 racing. It looks really good. Mm. Um, so yeah, especially the night time and this race at Le Mans, it was really cool and they have really worked very well to, mm -hmm. to implement all. It's very complicated with the shading and uh, lights, reflections yeah, and yeah. so on. The coloring is actually something that's not easy to do. No, yeah, no. And yeah. uh, on your second question, uh, which was about the cars, um, both sims allow custom liveries. So we have our brand, we have our designs, we have our sponsors, we have a team name. So what we do is we have some designers that are working with that and we they have the fee and then we have our budget so so we pay them for competitions or for the season mm -hmm. so they paint our cars and so we all have the same car and uh, everybody knows that that's go team racing and, and they are going for it That's amazing it's uh, the attention to details on that that's poor I found it found it fascinating is there a anything you, you want to know more about competitions, guys? I think I've kind of run out of questions right now. I don't know if you if you got other stuff to add on. If not, we can move on to Go Team Racing, which is a team you've created quite a long time ago, if I'm right. Yeah, I think I just want to know when you um, say competitions. Like, um, you currently are, how many, 12 drivers you mentioned? Uh, we are almost 20 now. Almost 20 now. Mm. Fantastic. And do you sort of go with a specific team depending on the competition or everyone just participates because it's... Uh, no, we we plan like every organization. Mm -hmm. We see these competitions are coming up. Mm. We have these drivers. We know the, what drivers, let's say, you you like these type of cars or this mm. type of racing. Mm. So we plan around and we see, okay, we need to recruit one more or not. And so... No, not everybody races the same cars or the same leagues. Cool. And uh, these competitions, are they streamed on some... Uh, yeah, most of them are streamed with... Twitch, quite I'm guessing, most commonly? 
Yeah, Twitch or I think it's mostly actually YouTube that the leagues are streaming. Okay. While most of the guys that are driving are streaming on Twitch. Okay. So you can get both pictures mm. from the guy mm. race racing, either yeah. from our team or other competitors. Yeah. You can actually get insider info in their strategy and so on. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, so we are doing that as well, spotting. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so it's mostly YouTube and you have broadcasts, you have uh, two or three commentators sitting around and, and um, commentating. So it's brilliant. Yeah. That's a foul, man. Uh, you created a uh, sim racing team uh, three years ago, which is named Go Team Racing, with uh, someone called Oliver Silver. How did you come across the the idea of creating like such a team? Well, basically, um, we met at the go kart tracks with Oliver and uh, became friends. And then we were thinking, wait, why let's why not do a racing team? And so we started looking into Renault Clio Cup, which is like entry level real racing. Did you start trying to create a physical go-to-karting racing team or did you first off say, okay, we're going to do a sim racing? No, no, of? no. It was We were first thinking, looking into doing a um, real motorsport team oh, like okay, uh, yeah. in an entry-level yeah. Clio Cup. Mm. And we actually did some research, met some teams and got some like information. But back at, at that time, both of us had uh, small kids at home and we were like, okay, this is a too big uh, uh, mouthful mm. to, to take right now. So why not start instead sim racing? Because I was doing sim racing, Oliver have, well, have didn't do it at that time. So we were thinking, why, well, that's more or less, in many ways, similar. We will learn a, a, lot, a lot of things like uh, management, running the, uh, a team, um, cars, sponsors, uh, media. Mm. Uh, everything is like very similar. So. We started small there, and but we from the beginning we said, okay, we do it, we do it seriously. We looked around, and we I knew like really fast Swedish drivers, but I I haven't seen uh, a strong Swedish sim racing team that that was known. Mm. Like there were mm. some, of course, and um, but I was thinking, okay, that's a good opportunity to 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 fix this and have a, a very powerful and strong Swedish sim racing team even on the international scene in the longer run. So this this is how we started, and um, we were two in the beginning, and now now we are twenty after three years. Wow. Twenty was such a long, a long journey on it. And did you expect that at the time when you first started to to create that team? Did you expect to arrive at like with twenty drivers after like a couple of years? I wouldn't say expect. We we have always said that it's not a goal itself just to grow. Uh, we are a racing team. We want quality before quantity, so it's not a community we are growing here yeah. to have 100 di- drivers. Mm-hmm. Instead, we, we, we have very slowly and like our every organization grown organically. Yeah. We are doing, we have been doing like recruitment process with questionnaires, interviews, so, so we really see that the people click mm. and, uh, and also we. So, so it's, it's a good, uh, tra- it's a win-win for, for both sides. So. Um, so it's proper professionally sort of handled from well we, start we try finish. at least we give our yeah. best with the time we have but uh, yeah. yeah it's not that uh, you just knock on the door and you're welcome but mm. I mean we are doing it seriously so you yeah. need also to to commit and be be there as well mm. so what yeah, are some right. of uh, so go team racing you're three years old now right 
Yes. Yeah. And in terms of achievements, would you sort of say, oh, okay, that was a, a highlight of our team? Like, do you have any? Yes, I have okay. actually. For those who are interested, they can uh, enter our webpage, uh, go to racing.com, uh, and uh, see under achievements. But I will name two, mm-hmm. uh, one on each sim. Uh, first on iRacing. Uh, this year, in uh, f- early February, I think there was this official iRacing. 12 hours of Bathurst mm-hmm. in Australia and mm. um, we had a really strong lineup t- three cars two of them in the top split which is like the highest and then we had Max Verstappen racing there and like the top the top of the, the teams cool. we had some guest drivers really good one we had uh, Kimi Larsson that's one of the most prominent Swedish sim racers mm-hmm. and we also had the world fastest gamer from last year James Baldwin oh. also with us in our car and I've heard of this guy yes so yeah. we had the pleasure uh, to have him on board uh, in drive for us, and we came second in class in the 911 Cup car. Nice. Um, so that was like uh, the biggest, and the other car came fifth also, mm-hmm. with our um, full members on board in that car, and, and we were we were super happy. Um, so that's one of the highlights on Air, on Air Factor Two. Um, we we won a 12 hour of Le Mans last year. Um, we wo- we came third in 24 hour of Nordschleife um, last year. Um, and yeah, that, that there are so many things happening that <laughs> that I'm already <laughs> losing track losing track. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I have this log that I have internally just just remind <laughs> what we have done over the years. Nice. So what about the what about the team itself? I guess are you guys kind of meeting up online you know a few times a week to, to to practice in that way or how how does it work in in regards to you know keeping contact and you know keeping the team going i guess you know like a slack chat or something to <laughs> very good point actually <laughs> actually when we started we ha- we use slack mm-hmm. uh, but uh, after a year we decided to change to discord because it's more suitable for gaming yeah exactly yeah. and um i mean that's the strength of esports that we have people sitting all over Sweden and even internationally. Mm. Um, we have quite a good combination of uh, yeah, Swedish and international talent. Um, so we basically meet virtually. Um, we hang around a lot in the chat and just yeah chat or discuss different things. But also we have these planned sessions. For example, you three guys have a race in two weeks. Then you decide, right, we're going to practice this on this day. We do doodles, okay. Uh, should we decide a day that's every week like mm-hmm. running or we are flexible so yeah it's mostly virtual talking over discord and voice when practicing going for one or two hour sessions and yeah once or twice a week depends so you don't have any like hole with like a row of 20 20 computers and 20 setups when you've got all the team coming up and race against each other no but i have personally always dreamt to have a home base <laughs> uh, and I actually been looking at it when it started the team have like a basement somewhere that we have our yeah. rig and you know <laughs> just have a, a man cave for the team <laughs> but be really uh, cool. yeah. I, I haven't dropped it but um, yeah we'll see I mean we we are set spread from all the we have people from Helsingborg to up to Helleftio so mm-hmm. it's physically it's it's one of the challenges of running a esports team yeah and for me uh, as a manager to to try to 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 keep the group together mm. when people don't really know each other haven't seen each other so it takes extra effort um, in many ways to to keep the group coherent 
Okay, and uh, you are actually the principal of the team. That's your title or role, right? Yeah, well, title it doesn't matter what's the title, but yeah, yeah, I'm 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 the responsible for running the team and. And uh, how has it sort of changed from like what it started to today? Like, I mean, of course, you know, you've had more challenges because there are more people involved mm. and stuff. Um, how much are you involved in a sort of say competition or race? Like, is your your job just to connect the three or four drivers and they do it? themselves or do you have to sit and supervise and monitor the exchanges and all that well if i start by answering that i i personally think a good manager is the one that's not seen so yeah Mm. um if you've done a good job then then um, most of the guys will do it perfectly themselves Mm. so you're just uh, sort of there and supporting when needed from the beginning when we started me and oliver then we were two and we were a managing duo Mm. uh oliver decided to step down uh last year okay so i've been running the team alone since then but i have on the other hand have a lot of help from um, from the other guys mm. um we have a um a guy that's helping me with the management consultant uh, and uh, these t- questions we have a media team um and we have also very competent and serious uh, guys in the team that are responsible enough to to approach um the events and competitions the go team way Fantastic. And uh, in terms of, you say about 20 people are drivers, and how big is the organization in, in like the whole? Like how many of you as a team? Mm. I think we have uh, maybe 22 in total. It's only, um, we have, uh, I think we have, uh, yeah, two, we have two, three people that are not driving. Mm-hmm. And so some people have like double roles, like yeah. me. So I'm driving as well, but not uh, as much as, as you say. Uh, okay. And are they all Swedes or are there sort of some international? No, we we have a good mixture. I think uh, right now we have maybe 75% Swedes or people living in Sweden. Okay. And then we have uh, one guy from Belgium, one from Netherlands, one from Austria, mm. one from Croatia, one from Denmark, two Finns. Mm. Uh, we don't have any Norwegians yet, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean we uh, we have been always trying to brand ourselves as a Swedish or Scandinavian team. So, so our core is here, our base here. But yeah. uh, in order to be competitive on the international stage, you have to you have to grow and look uh, broader. And in our age, that's nothing strange really. No borders. That's great. And what are, in your opinion, what the the goals for the for the upcoming upcoming years we what do you aim for we aim to continue our path of uh, continuing to establish ourselves as a as a very known and respected name and so far we have always entered competitions and acted uh, professionally like gentlemen on and off the track and yeah it has been quite a positive experience and feedback from the community and um, so we we're gonna aim uh, to continue the competitions we've been doing and perform even better. Uh, we are basically gonna enter the top tier of the Air Factor 2 competitions on endurance side, and on Air Factor 2, we want uh, on I racing we will continue um, to to go for those competitions we did last year and uh, even in, uh, up uh, our placement there. Um, we focus on endurance mainly because that's what it's quite natural to run a team as endurance but we also have sprint racing or like one-off events that come up now and then um, yeah so basically continuing on our path of steady growth and uh, with quality um, 
Um, I think a focus of the team also will be to optimize the internal operations, delegate mm. the roles, and also our presence in social media and the brand itself. Yeah. Um, Growing your brand basically. So now we have now we have let's say now we have all the ingredients to, to package it in a good way yeah. to even lift the, the brand yeah. and the team name. Any competitions coming up that have been confirmed that you're planning towards? Now it's quite a dead season, um, even though it's like sim racing happens all the time, but mm. most of the things are like off season now. Mm. So it's good uh, period to take a bit of a break and mm. reflect. Alright, so that has been super interesting. Thank you, thank you so much. Um, the hour just flew by. I feel like I have so many more questions. <laughs> yeah, we do have a lot more <laughs> questions. Can, I can stay. I can we stay. might have to do a part two another we time. We might have to do a part two another yeah, time do, to get yeah. get through like a proper competition or attend an event or something like that. That's something that could could be done. Be Before we wrap everything up, where can we follow you up on? Like you mentioned, you've got a website, you've got social media. That's your your time. You promote yourself as much as you want to. Well, it, we have our webpage, goteamracing.com, uh, where we have a calendar of upcoming events. We have where there you can open and meet the team, see our achievements, check our sponsors. And uh, you can always reach out and ask if you're interested. We, c we can help you out with some uh, uh, promo codes if you'd like something. <laughs> uh, we have uh, our social media where we are most active posting pictures of results or uh, upcoming events or like giving like updates on Instagram, Go Team Racing. Uh, yeah, we have Facebook and, and Twitter as well. Uh, on the streaming side, um, most of the competitions are, as I said, broadcasted. So we usually refer in the links or share links to the official broadcast when uh, events come up. Um, yeah, that's that's more or less. Um, and also, if you are really interested and maybe want to get into sim racing, you are more than welcome to join our Discord channel. Uh, on our webpage, on top right, I think there's there's uh, there's a link where you where you enter and you can hang out in our public area and maybe ask questions, say hi and cheer for us and and so on. <laughs> cool. Uh, you are more than welcome. I might just do, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the three of us has gone to start for, to to cheer up for you from now on. Uh, that I was. Hope, I hope so. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you so much. Um, it was a fantastic, fantastic hour. I'm a bit gutted that we can't have more time. Yeah. But we can still do a part two uh, another another day. Um, yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for giving a bit of your time, Georgi. You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.